What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. As always, on the ones and twos, John LaRocca. Not really on the ones and twos. How's it going? I don't know. I'm sitting on this. Uh, I'm sitting on this Swiss ball. The best part is that you decided not to. When you hit the chair because you didn't want to squeak, and you sit on this ball and goes. <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a chair that squeaks, and so I try to sit on a Swiss ball, which doesn't squeak <laughs> unless I'm standing up and then directly awesome. sitting on it. Awesome. Um, okay, so busy, busy weekend in pro wrestling, and we're just gonna dig in and, and get into it because um, there's three major shows just uh in pro wrestling alone there's starcast this weekend in chicago uh there's a big fight this weekend there's a big boxing match uh vasil lomachenko and and uh luke campbell not the luke campbell from two life crew but uh the the boxing i'm not watching now (laughs) i'm not watching now um, and and then you know just stuff that happened. Uh, we went to the Super Super J Cup in San Francisco last weekend, so we'll quickly talk about that. King of the Ring updates, and uh, we'll bring back two segments that uh, that we have done in the past. And then uh, and then yeah, then we'll hit our Raw review, which is actually not a Raw. It is the SummerSlam Spectacular from the weekend before. Uh, before SummerSlam, so we'll we'll go through all that stuff, uh, and uh, and then we'll be done. But um, so first of all, uh, we talked about the Wednesday Night Wars and or the Wednesday Night War. I always put the plural on the end of that. As yeah, if there's like more than one war. Um, and we talked about possibly moving to a different night to record. I think that's what we're gonna do starting tonight. We're gonna record Thursday night for Friday rather than Wednesday night for Thursday. We're gonna have to change anyway, so we just decided to do it this week. So that's uh, the update on that. That's why this is out on Friday. And I wanted to just point people to uh, fightgamemedia.com because our buddy Robert Silva is doing a countdown of the greatest lightweights in boxing history. And he put together a really great bio on a fighter from the late nineteen or the late eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds by the name of Joe Gans. I had no idea about Joe Gans, and I read Robert's piece and learned a ton. It's it's really really amazing piece. It talks about the racism that he had to deal with. Um, he, he he's a fighter who. Who uh, who got tuberculosis like in his career, and just a great great story. So check that out. The, there's a uh, the linked the he's got the top three right now. Um, no, actually, I think he's going for. I'm gonna, I'm gonna post. I think number three uh, or number two uh, early next week. So I won't spoil it, but um, but he'll be done with that series very, fairly soon, and then he'll move on to different weight class. He's done a few different weight classes on Fight Game Media. Um, okay, so what a weekend in wrestling. Let's start with uh, TakeOver UK. And I'm going to preface when I say this, and then I'm going to say, what's your plan on catching up if you do get a chance to watch TakeOver UK? Uh, TakeOver UK, my plan is to watch it late at night on Saturday. So like, After all... Uh, all outs over with when i get home i'll probably unwind and throw that on if i hope i get through it i might just crash out after that but yeah 
Do you have you watched any of their TV? None. Just I only watched the takeovers. I watched that the tournament they had, of course, when they first started it all. Mm-hmm. And I seen just the, the matches they have like on takeovers in United States takeovers. So uh, the big match, which is probably going to be uh, one of the best four or five matches all weekend, is Walter and Tyler Bate. I don't know the storyline of whatever's going on, but I do know that I'm going to do whatever I can to try and watch that match, whether it's Sunday or Monday or whatever because of the holiday. That is something that I'm going to go out of, out of my way to watch. Is there like a, I think there's a Tony Storm Rhea Ripley match? Yeah. So I, think, yeah, I definitely, I want to see that one a lot. I really like Rhea Ripley. I like what they're going to do with her and uh, NXT USA, I guess, with her uh, challenging Shayna Baszler. So is it going to be like the first um, real threat to Shayna? I mean, I guess EO was a, was a big time threat, but like someone that can match Shayna with power and stuff. So that's pretty exciting. So I want to see how she's going to do with Tony. The uh, obviously, I think it's pretty clear that this show uh, was put together to go directly up against AEW. We are in a war, it makes sense. Uh, there's another show which is a New Japan show from London called Royal Quest. The main event is Kazuchika Okada versus Minoru Suzuki. You have Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi, and then Ishii versus uh, Kenta. So this is kind of a cool show because we have like three or four guys from our Facebook group who are actually going to the show live. So that's kind of cool because we'll then they'll um, they'll post in our in our Facebook group. I think uh, James Williamson, Doan, Allen, and maybe Johnny Malice. I think all those guys are going. And I, t- I just said, hey, you know, just create a thread and post. Like, I want to hear what you guys are seeing because it's on Fight, which, you know, you can get for gonna, 25 bucks or whatever. I was just going to say, as a, it, I, it's not on New Japan World, right? It'll be on New Japan World sometime next month. I don't know mm. exactly when, but, you know, we are at the end of the month. So hopefully in a few days because... It's another match I want to go out of my way to see, which is Okada and, and uh, Suzuki. Yeah, they had they had killer matches a I'm, year or two ago. The, I mean, the the whole top half of that card is 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 really good. So you know, the, I, I'm interested in watching that. The main show that we're all kind of getting together and watching um, is the AEW All Out. Uh, me, you, and the Heartbreak Kid, Dave Rubio, and maybe even another buddy from the Bay Area, uh, Jeremy. Going to get together gonna buy the show check it out and it's it feels it, it it feels sort of like how old wwe shows used to feel where you're like okay I, it's it's time i you know it's time to watch a, a a pay-per-view or like a big show so that's that it's got that going for it but do you feel the do you feel like it's uh the buzz is the same for the double or nothing and the previous all-in it's a little lighter, not much. I think there's still some, uh, there's still new, there's still some freshness. So people are excited. Um, I'm, this card, I'm trying to think what match I really want to see. I think I'm mostly just interested in that main event with Paige and Jericho. I think it's important to have a killer main event. And I'm interested to see who's going to go over and who's going to start off their TV as their champion. You watch Road 2? I've seen most of them, yeah. Okay. So, um, Jim Ross and Paige, I think it might might have been the last road too. They had a long interview, and I'm watching this interview, and in the back of my mind, I keep thinking, I I just cannot see Jericho losing this match. Hmm. Though, 
it's not like Page isn't uh, an up and coming star, and I think he's going to be one of their top young guys, right? You know, we talk about the one of the demographics that they could go after is that younger demographic, right? You got Jungle Boy, you got you know a lot of the a lot of the uh, crazy stunt wrestling guys that they they have Darby Allen, Janela. Those are a little bit catered towards maybe a little bit younger crowd, but he's also a young, younger guy, right? He's not someone who's been around uh, for a very long time. But I'm just thinking, like, if I go on TNT October and uh, October second, I think, right? Yeah. Do I want former WWE champion Chris Jericho, who every casual wrestling fan who watched in the 2000s would know? Or do you debut with this guy who, oh, you know, maybe the, the those first the first opportunity to tune in, and these people go, "What? Well, who's this? I don't know who this is." Right? And so, not that I don't think Paige could eventually be that guy, but I think they have to they have to gain and build audience so that that audience can grow when Adam Page becomes the guy. Yeah, and that's why I feel like Jericho's got to win this match. Um, because I, I I think Paige could be not saying he will I I can't tell the tell the future, I but I just would not want my babyface champion to be cold going into TV. Yeah, but I I can also see them like making a statement that they feel they need to make of someone younger, someone fresh. You know, I can see them thinking Jericho doesn't need the title. He really doesn't need the title. But I'm I'm the I'm the my style of bookings like I like a, a classic heel champion, I like a babyface to chase him, I like the babyface to peak and winning the title at a certain time. But uh, I can see them kind of starting off with Paige as well. I think, you know, Jericho will be there to get the audience still. People will recognize him. I don't know how huge of a star he is, but he's you know he's pretty recognizable. You know, it's those people that maybe are haven't watched wrestling in a while and they're tuning in. But they could see like, hey, this is the guy that beat Jericho for the title, and who is this guy? And you know, so that that could be it. But I, I, I'm like you. I think they'll start off with Jericho. I think he's a good champion to start off with. And you know, it's like like you you should do it. You should do it sooner than later. I would think for Jericho at on top because I think Jericho once he loses the belt, I don't think you know he's always smart. And he's always creative, so he always kind of keeps himself in the mix, mm-hmm. but. I still think he'll he'll lose a little something, right, with that. So I I, I would probably start off with the champ, him as champion as well. You know, we've been watching these 93 Raws, and in 93, Shawn Michaels is the Intercontinental mm-hmm. Champion, right? And he goes all the way until, is it, uh, is it WrestleMania 12 when he wins his first WWE Championship? Yeah, yeah, Anaheim. So we're still two and a half years away mm-hmm. from Sean getting the championship. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they need to wait two years for Adam Page. Wrestling is a lot different now. You can't do that. There's so many hours of TV and things just move more quickly. But it would be great to see Page, like the old savvy vet Jericho, knocks him down a peg. Page learns that lesson. And then for the next six months, we just see this guy like just take off. I think yeah. that would be so cool because that day one audience that watches come October second, and if they if it peaks at you know what whatever the the pay per view could be, um, I guess Double or Nothing was Memorial Day weekend. Maybe that's the pay per view. But when he does, maybe he wins you know 
a title or the title or whatever, but it'd be great just to see the just him launch. Yeah. And, and you kind of yeah. like making a star on television. That yeah. would be awesome. No, I agree. I mean, that's how that's how I would I would do it as well. I, I like I said, I like the heel champ and the and the bay face chasing it. Okay, so a couple of uh, news bits, and we'll we'll talk about the the rest of the card. But countdown to all out is on Friday on TNT. So later tonight for the, most of those who are listening to this, um, and I'm kind of interested in in what that show is. We've seen Road Two, which I think production wise is probably good enough to put on television yeah really good um we've seen being the elite which is a little different more campy yeah not necessarily the style that they're probably going with but i i wonder i like i, I i'm wondering how um timely uh some of these some of the 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 stuff is going to be or if it's going to be just kind of like the build-up from the last two pay-per-views and you're telling the story that anyone who's watched road Two already knows um, so I'm kind of interested to see what they do It'd with be that cool show. If, it's, if it was like just like like a 24 seven or something or a uh, uh, countdown UFC does. Like I that would be nice to see. You know I know it's called the countdown to all elite. So and and, and, and that I style think, you know I that think, documentary style. I think um, you know I think that will probably that's probably a, an influential show to what they want to do. You, yeah. you know they you see the seriousness of, and and the one that I'll sort of go back to is the. Um, the Sean Spears and Tully and Cody thing where Sean Spears and Tully are like at the contract signing, mm-hmm. wait, waiting for Co- Cody. Cody's like, Nope, I'm working out. And then Cody finally showers, gets dressed, shows up, signs his name and leaves. And they're like, wait, wait, wait. But there's like a thing that you need to read here. Cause you know, they changed. And he's like, I don't even care. I'm out. Yeah, like yeah. this sort of that style is kind of interesting because we don't see pro wrestling taken that seriously uh, mm-hmm. with WWE. They don't. They don't do things that way. Um, so I'm interested to see what they do. And I and I, I would imagine that you know it would be a little bit in that style, which makes it feel like really important. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll see because I would assume they were they're going to do these styles of shows. You know, for every major pay per view. Yeah, every going major pay per view. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good idea. I'm looking forward to. It. I'm going to definitely going to record it and watch it later that night. And so, uh, other news was that Tony Schiavone signed with AEW, and I guess, I don't know if this was made official, but Golden Boy, uh, who did the play-by-play, I think, on the Fighter Fest show, yeah, he's going to be the third man in the booth. Alex Marvez is going to move backstage, I believe, and then, I don't... Like I don't a backstage interviewer, I think, or... I think that's what he's going to do, but... That was uh, the right move. He just, you know, that one of the... I'm sure Alex is a great guy, but just like, you know, being on the camera and also, you know, call, calling uh, color commentary for pro wrestling just wasn't a strong suit. Well, he need, he also needs reps. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he'll get them uh, in some other way. But, uh, but yeah, you know, when you are, this is your most important show heading into your weekly TV, you can't really practice. Will he be on TV, though? I think he'll be on TV. With with Excalibur and Jim Ross, I, I I'm that I don't know. I mean, you, I they, I haven't heard what the the TV rotation is going to be like. Um, but from what I understand, Tony Schiavone is not even going to be at this show because you know he's got he's a busy guy. He's mm-hmm. got other stuff going on. But I think he's going to be. I think Schiavone is going to be at the weekly TVs. Wow, that'd be kind of cool to hear Schiavone and Ross together because you know WWE ninety. I remember that time. Okay, and, but I I agree with you because. 
just listening to that voice takes you back, mm-hmm. right? It takes us back. Yeah, yeah. Back to when we were teenagers and, you know, watching this stuff. But do you think it makes them seem a little ancient? And does it does it make the program... I'm not ancient, I think more familiar. Okay, but does it... But But you have a brand new program. We talked about going after this young demographic. They're bringing back Jim Ross, who... I love, but you watch those road twos. He's he's looking older, right? Like he's I mean he's a, he's a, in his what late sixties or, or or whatever. I mean he he does yeah. look a little bit older. That that's just that's not me being ageist. I'm just saying what I what I see. I think he's I think he's really good in that role though when he's doing yeah. the interviews. He's, yeah. he's excellent yeah. in it. But if you if you are a new viewer and you're like oh what is this and you see Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone from a failed WCW old you know an NWA Crockett time frame you go wow like this this is just makes it feel dated mm-hmm. that that, that I'm, I'm not saying that that's what will happen I'm just saying that could be the flip side of bringing back these familiar voices maybe that quote-unquote laps fan that they're trying to get maybe when they if they tune in, which I think they'll just I don't think I don't think you're gonna capture those fans anymore. I think those people already checked out a long yeah. time ago. Um maybe they're hoping the the familiar voices of Jim Ross and Tony Giovanni would kinda capture their attention and, and make them stop and, and watch. But all right, so let's let's go over some of these matches. Um the Casino Battle Royal winner faces um I think winner goes to the Faces finals the, of whatever whatever the the the, the singles um, match tonight. Yeah, the sing- so so it, the winner is going to face the winner between Rio and Hikaru Shida. Mhm. So the the winner of that battle royal versus the winner of that match becomes the first AEW Women's Champion. I'm guessing Britt Baker wins that battle royal. Uh yeah, I mean that'd be good. They're 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 bringing in, you know, Brandy was on one of those shows saying we don't have 21 women on our roster, so we're bringing in yeah. women. They're bringing in Jazz. Jazz. Um, Teal Piper. Teal Piper. That was that was actually pretty cool. It could be a, a spot for that one girl to go to that. Was that Shazzy? Uh, mm-hmm. was that young that girl that mm-hmm. featured with that was doing like the the uh, space drops, mm-hmm. dive outs, um, practicing. That little vignette they did, they showed once, and then I don't think we ever saw it again. Uh, I think Amazing Kong is going to be in it. Nala Rose. Nala Rose is going to be in it. So that that is what they did on the men's side for Paige to to be the number one contender. Um, so that that they're they're doing the same thing on the women's side, you know, to to get that shot that faces the uh, the winner of the other match, the other women's match. The thing the thing about this battle royal, it's just like it doesn't really give opportunities for people to give get a pop out of that curtain, you know, or, or get a reaction because they come out four at a time. Yeah. So it's kind of confusing, you know. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of a mess. So let's hope that this time around they've kind of they kind of cleaned things up with the entrances and stuff. And um, I hope that the match is good, but I'm thinking it might be a it might be a tough go. Um, and Private Party faces Angelico and Jack Evans, which I think this is on the pre-show yeah. along with the Battle Royal. So. Um, kind of interesting for them to put this on the pre-show if they expect to attract viewers because this match could be a little sloppy. Yeah, yeah, it could. I mean, they had, they had that potential to 
things fall apart, they, it, it doesn't go their way. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm holding out hope. At least we'll see some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there there are two sort of new-ish. You know, I don't think a lot of people have seen Private Party. Well, you know they're not going to play it safe, right? Yeah, and, and Jack Evans has been around for a while, but, you know, he hasn't been on WWE TV or anything. Yeah, he's not a guy I would think would, you know, be able to carry a match either, you know. But he'll walk on his hands. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt against SoCal Uncensored in a six-man tag. Hmm. I don't... I like Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy together. I don't know if I like Marco Stunt. No, that crew. no, it really he really doesn't do anything for that gimmick and kind of makes it a little bit more mid card. And you know, it's kind of already a comedy thing. But uh, but they're good though. You know, Jungle Boy's good. We you know we, you and I both love that kid. And Luchasaurus, I really like too. I think he's pretty good. But Marco Stunt, I think he has his moments. He has moments in the match where he can do some stuff, but. He's very, you know, weak in a lot of other areas. Um, they're lucky they are working, you know, Daniels and Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. So they'll, I think they'll be able to hold all together, and it'll be, it'll be, a, it'll be a fun match. But yeah, you're right. I think they should just definitely part with Marcus. But what are you going to do with that guy? You know, mm-hmm. it's, he's hard. He's hard to book for a long term. Yeah. And then we mentioned the other women's match, uh, and then the three-way with Darby Allen, Joy Janela, and Jimmy Havoc. Jeez. Not my style of match. Uh, this is probably one where, I don't know, if I'm going to get a salad or something, you know, I won't <laughs> mind missing my poke bowl, stuff. My Poke Bowl run. My yeah. Run uh, and, and, you know, look, they're going to do crazy stuff, yeah. and they're going to work their butts off, and they're going to be hurting the next day, so it's not out of effort. It's just not sort of, not my style of match, necessarily. Nah, nah, it's going to be, it's going to be wild and crazy. I just hope, hope no one gets hurt, you know, it just, and I hope Darby Allen's the one that goes over, and I think he will. Uh, on our Facebook group today, People were posting about what match, you know, is going to be the best match of the weekend. And then somebody wrote, are we underestimating Cody and Sean Spears? A lot of people are. But I think- and I, I, be- I believe that is the case. Be- yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Because you know that it's Cody's program. It's going to be handled with lots of care. And there's going to be, uh, it's going to be serious. And they have the gimmick where... Tully, who came out on Road 2 as Sean Spears' manager, and Cody is going to have one person in his corner. They haven't announced it yet. The AEW um, Twitter was was trying to tease, is it going to be MJF? Is it going to be Brandy? Is it going to be DDP? And I think a lot of people believe it's going to be double AR and Anderson. Now I'm thinking more MJF with that angle. And I can see... MGF turning on Cody, joining Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard and kind of start start the formation of some kind of a horseman kind of stable. Do you think it's too early to turn MJF or would that long turn be better for television? Better for te- television, for sure. Yeah. So that's why. That, that I, I think the same thing as you because they did the whole, they, they've done, you know, video packages where MJF and Cody are best friends and this and that. I think to to really have that heel turn happen now, I think they'd waste maybe television. Is double A Arn Anderson? Arn Anderson turns on Cody because you know Dusty Rhodes and the and the Anderson, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. And then you know he famously turned on Dustin Rhodes, right? Which set up the tag match between Dusty Dustin versus Arn and was it Terry Funk at the uh, 
bash at the beach 94 if God, i remember God, no better than me we're just talking about 94 today on our facebook group um so maybe that happens and mjf comes out to save cody and that kind of leads into something with uh sean spears maybe he finds a partner whoever that is and and there's a little tag feud there any chance it's ta think about magnum out you know he's has that cart and you know i know he i know he walks a little bit but i just you know you know i don't think you want him any kind of like yeah physical angle like that uh, okay and then we got lucha brothers against the young bucks and phoenix is hurt yeah he didn't do it i heard he didn't do much in that show he's he wrestled like a more brawl was all off the penta yeah so he got hurt and then he had a show the next day and supposedly didn't do a whole lot yeah um and i was gonna do a ladder match my god yeah i, I mean i wonder i wonder how can, can they can they do i mean they can do a lot of brawling in the ladder match and save mm-hmm. the ladder spots for the end but you know people the people are expecting this thing to be nuts i still say you just throw the radio kid in there or something like that if you can i mean i don't know what you know how how easy it is to just pull him to go in the spot but yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be tricky i'm curious to see how they're gonna pull it off and, and keep it exciting i mean knowing them you know i think i think they can so Best friends against the Dark Order. The winners of this match receive a first round buy in the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament, which is going to go over the first several weeks of television. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The Dark Order are cold as hell mm-hmm. at this point, and they need something. Yeah, I, I mean, I I believe they would go over in this match. They really are high on them. They really, you know, really invested in their gimmick. Uh, you know, presenting them. So I, I can see them winning and, and getting a bye because, you know, the heel team with the bye kind of, like, you know, it's kind of standard trope in wrestling. But I don't know. Honestly, this, this <laughs> I might watch the Darby Allen Jimmy <laughs> Havoc match before I, uh, before I watch this match, you know, or I'm going to take a break to watch, go get my Poke Bowl. <laughs> uh, and then uh, obviously it was going to be originally Kenny Omega and John Moxley. And Moxley got staff in mm. Japan. So he's out of this match. Uh, he's probably going to be out. I think he's also out of Bloodsport, Blood, yep. uh, the Josh Barnett show, where he was going to face Josh Barnett in the main event. So he's out of two shows, and uh, instead of of uh, Moxley, it is going to be Pac, who originally was going to be on Double or Nothing, and uh, and was taken out, taken off of that show, and then he he did he did the match with uh, with Paige. Uh, and so he's back, and he he's the replacement, and they're gonna have a hell of a match. Uh, but the almost like the blood and guts ending to Double or Nothing mm-hmm. was Moxley coming out and attacking Kenny Omega. So that yeah. blood feud was there. They could still save it. They have TV, and maybe it works better on TV because Moxley's a WWE guy, uh, former WWE guy. Uh, or you could save it for, you know, whatever the next pay-per-view is, yeah, but, yeah. uh, it's going to well, be I Pac think, and Omega. Yeah. I think you say you build it through the TV and do it. And then you have the first singles match on, on a pay-per-view, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see Kenny Omega just winning this match. Right. But you know, if, if, Pe- if Pac is in the books for future stuff, you can also put him over too. I mean, Kenny is at a level where I think if he loses, it's not going to hurt as much, you know, but. I think uh I think I think Omega's got to win because I think you have to establish uh some top guys going into TV, 
you know, you, you said it already. Omega and Jericho are established enough to where mm-hmm. a loss doesn't hurt them. But we do know that Khan's booking is going to be about wins and losses. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, you establish a hierarchy of, you know, who are your tippy top guys. And I think you I think both guys should win. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, how do you think this affects, you know, Moxley getting this this uh, the staff infection in Japan hmm. sort of ruining this big show at AEW. I wonder how that affects relations with New Japan and AEW which seem to be non-existent right now, but also, you know, if you're Tony Khan and, you know, you're like here, you know, you are an AEW wrestler, we'll let you do Japan. Does that affect him going like, "Oh, well maybe we can't do this as much." Like, what do you think about that part of it? Well, I think well, first of all, you know, no one planned him to get you know, staff. Of course. So I don't think they'll have heat in New Japan with that. I think, yeah, now he's now with the Phoenix injury and then Moxley getting stabbed in Japan. Now maybe he's kind of rethinking those contracts where he would let, you know, allowed guys to continue to work other dates because it could affect your show. And so, but I think the contract's already signed. So I think, you know, Mox can do whatever the hell he wants until they renegotiate again. So I, I wonder if it makes it him think twice, though, of, you know, because coming out of WWE, he was so fired up to, mm-hmm. to just do wrestling, you know, to just wrestle. And he, so he went from doing nothing to doing the most rigorous tournament in pro wrestling. And not saying that it was because of that that he got hurt, but that's just, you know, it's just sort of like, it's it's like you want to do so much, and then sometimes you got to slow down. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that makes him think twice about it. And you know, Jericho times his stuff out. He doesn't he doesn't do you know New Japan like crazy. You know, he, yeah. he times it out. So I think I think there's a way for them to do continue to work with with New Japan. But uh, the G one was that was a tough one to get for your debut. You know? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, he you know he went all all out and 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 just balls out you know once he got his release from wwe and looking to prove a point and it's just an unfortunate setback that no one saw coming and and it just it just sucks because you know i was looking forward to that match with omega because i think just like the match with jericho that omega had which i think omega had to kind of change up a little bit of his style i think mox would have brought that out of him too and i was kind of curious to see how that was going to play out all right so you and I, as well as the Heartbreak Kid Dave Rubio, Big Dave Meltzer, and then Jeremy from our Facebook group, uh, Danny Acosta. We were all in San Francisco last weekend to see the second round of the Super J Cup. And our friend from Twitter, Twitter um, shoot, I feel bad his name. His name escapes me. He has a bean on the uh, his icons on his. Uh, oh yeah yeah icon. yeah yeah. You just um, right off the bat when I got there. I. F- I, I forget what his Twitter name is, but I think he went to the same. He went to my high school, but just ten years nice, later. Nice, yeah, it was fun talking to him. No, fun he's a, he's a good guy. He actually tweeted me from Starcast. He saw Omega and uh, and what's Omega's buddy Michael uh, Okaz o- Okaz Okazawa. Oh, yeah, so they were they were walking. So he the he he got he got the he got the picture with the both of them just <laughs> hanging out at Starcast. So he was oh, he's he was, he was pretty fired up about that. He was like, ah, I think I I, can, I think I need to come back to the bay now because I don't think I can do any better than this picture. And I was like, yep, you're right. My buddy Brian, he was there. He was at, he was at the New Japan show. He was uh, he always listens to our show. So yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of lot of lot of people from the the fight game that listeners were at the show. Yeah, that was that, awesome. was that was that was really cool. Just to kind of we were all sort of. 
tweeting it and mm-hmm. on Facebook at the same time. So that was fun. And I, you know, I found Wi-Fi because because of the fact that these shows weren't live streaming, nobody got to see them. Yeah. And we didn't get to see the one from two days before in Seattle. And so I found, you know, we got Wi-Fi and I was just at my chair writing up the show and people, tons of people were interested in just trying to find results. So that, that worked out. But uh, in tournaments over, you know, everyone knows what happened. We don't have to go over the matches. But uh, thoughts on El Fantasmo winning the whole thing based on what you saw from him on that Saturday? I mean, I'll have to watch the... I might have to watch that finals, but, like, seeing El Fantasmo live, I just... I don't get it. <laughs> like, I don't get, like, why they see so much in him. Um, I just wasn't wasn't that impressed. Same with Robbie Eagles, too. I wasn't impressed with Robbie Eagles. Yeah, he, I, I was less impressed with him, too. He felt, I felt like I, you know, I'm, I'm at an indie show when I watched him out yeah. there. He just looked really indie. Fast Tasma did some cool stuff, like walking the rope stuff's pretty cool, but like nothing, like say, like, man, this guy, I want to see this guy versus Osprey. I want to see this guy as the junior champ going forward. Like, he doesn't have that, like, that it factor, I guess, you know, like he just, he, but they like him and, and then they're giving the big push for, push him. It seems like they are trying to do what they did with Jay White, which is just, Mm-hmm. pile the heat on yeah yeah and and have that heel guy because i mean did you see what he said he said about osprey uh yeah yeah that was you know he used the a phrase that i won't repeat but i mean they're she's trying to get heat um not i don't i don't think it's necessary in 2019 when no. you're not going from town to town and having to sell the same stupid match over yeah. and over and over yeah so probably not the right thing for him um to do that but yeah, I, I I was similarly not super impressed, but when I was uh, getting, you know, when I was tweeting about the show, I was getting so much feedback because people just wanted to know what was going on. A lot of people like that guy. Yeah, I know. He, I mean, people like him. I, I, just, I just don't see it. And I, you know, and he was one of the guys I really want to see up and close and personal because we've seen on seen on on TV is the one thing, but when you go live, you see a lot of stuff that you know, especially being so close to the ring as we were. Yep. A lot of things stuck out to me with him, and I just and like he was doing shtick, and then and it was like, why are you doing shtick when the next match is Taguchi and he's gonna do shtick? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, it, it overall, I thought Super J was like a it was a a fun show, nothing great. The main event I thought was really good. Um, there was some like individual performance that I really liked. I really like end up really coming that turn uh, that show liking um, Clark Connors mm-hmm. from the LA Dojo. I just like. Just came off as of such like a a little badass, so I want definitely want to see more. I'm actually really excited to see that Young Lions Cup tournament in September, which is uh, we're gonna try to watch all the matches. I'm gonna try. I don't know. It's gonna be. I mean, tough. it's set up like a mini G1, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna see a lot of Boston Crabs yep. and a lot of you know this this typical young boy offense stuff. But it, it should it should be cool. And there's that you know new kid from Follies Dojo. Like see how he's gonna perform. So I'm, I'm curious. I like watching the young guys wrestle. And yeah. Um, so one of the, one of the notes in the observer that just came out, um, Thursday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning was that because of the Olympics in Japan in 2020, they are pushing the G1 to the fall because the Olympics are in the summer. G1 runs in the summer and all the arenas that you would have these G1 shows are going to be booked because of the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, and that makes sense. And do you think they'll do a U.S. one again? 
Um, that's a good question. I wonder what their best mark. I wonder what they consider to be their best market right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're coming back to, but they're running such small buildings. Yeah, I mean, Civic Auditorium was like kind of a letdown. I mean, I don't think they're gonna get SAP Center. They know why they can't do that. No. But like, but I thought the Event Center for sure. But I think NXT has that locked up, or WWE has that locked up, and auditorium seats 2500 people for mm-hmm. wrestling and it's they'll old easily, too they'll easily sell i mean it's a cool place to watch wrestling though like they have those little bleachers like if you get like like why waste your money get the the expensive seats when you get a better view on the second deck mm-hmm. so so i you know i mean it's a cool place to watch and wrestling like, like the there's like a balcony sort of right is it it's not like a balcony but it's yeah on the on the bottom floor there's like a like a couple of rows that are elevated a little bit yeah. but then on the second deck is not bad i've been up there and for wrestling shows and, and looks really cool and they're bringing from the commercial at least at super the j they are showing tanahashi okada naito that's a lot of names to bring in for 2500 people but yeah yep um yeah i, w- I want i wonder what it actually comes out i'm sure we'll hear it some soon because it's it's only in a few months yeah november 9th right all right King of the Ring update here. So we have eight men left. Samoa Joe against Ricochet. Cedric Alexander versus Baron Corbin. Elias versus Ali. And Chad Gable against Andrade. Out of those eight men, who do you see in the finals? Uh, Ricochet and Andrade. That's my prediction of the finals. I still think Andrade is going to win it. I think he needs it. I think it just makes a lot of sense. I would love to see them, him be put with Charlotte as the queen and him the king. I think he could do so much with that gimmick, and that would just make him an instant main eventer. And I and because they, they need him, they need something new on top. So it doesn't almost seem too good to be true though, to because that 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 match is what your hardcore fan base wants in the finals yeah i think you give it to him i think and it, and it all makes sense getting there and having that match for sure so the finals will be at clash of the champions and i think so semifinals will be at the madison square garden shows hmm. okay okay yeah 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 and then i hope they get the key is just keep giving these guys time to tell good matches because you want to make this tournament mean something you can't just have a quick like gabriel and belt and Gable and Benjamin was like really short. It just yeah. felt so rushed. But but then again, no one really cared. So maybe it was like best. super goofy. Yeah, I mean it was just best for him to get I just oh my god, a whole thing was wrong. Like like did I still, they had this interview with Gable, right? Mm-hmm. And out comes Sheltie. <laughs> and he's like, I'm looking for can you tell and he's like right there, the height joke, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then like and like instead of like and Gable had like this look on his face like like a like a sad puppy. Instead of a guy that's gonna go out why, there why and didn't like, he just like smack be- him belly to belly to belly him like yeah, right there? Yeah, yeah, or something. Like fuck, dude. Like I'm sitting there just in disbelief while like watching it, like, why are you making him look like a total goof? Then he comes out and like there's like no reaction. Yeah. Like, what do you expect when a guy is like, you know, he's got his lunch money taken and he got dumped in the locker. Now you expect him to come out and get, you know, it's just stupid. All right. We're going to bring back two segments that we've done previously and try to be consistent with them because I think, uh, I think people are, I, I think it's, I think they're both interesting as a way to sort of relate to current what's going on in, in, in wrestling currently. So 
The first of, of the segments that, that we did in the past was called Best Wrestler Alive. Now, it just meant, all it meant was, <laughs> who is the best wrestler right now, this week, that you saw? Yeah, yeah. And I'll go first, because I think this is pretty easy for me, at least. You may have a different opinion, but at Super J Cup, main event, Will Ospreay, he was great. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. You know, it is amazing to to see him uh, do the stuff that he does on TV. Uh, it is amazing to see him in person. The selling was really, really good. His uh, expressions, his his. Uh, I know you have some issues with some of his his expressions and some of like his his facials and stuff, but just his emotions and his expressiveness. Uh, live what was really strong and I watched him and I'm like okay like he's one of the top five best wrestlers going right now yeah no I agree I mean I think he had a I mean I mean from what I saw on Saturday you know he was unbelievable um and we you know he, he heard he had a great match with amazing in red and and um and uh, up north and then he had you know a great match with phantasmo and uh he who did he wrestle in the semifinals? It was uh oh TJPR. That was a, no, he wrestled. Uh, no, he lost to Phantasm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I heard you know I heard those all those matches are great. So I think for this weekend, yeah, for sure. I think Osprey this week is the best wrestler alive today. All right. We're also I also want to bring back buy low, sell high. So this was an idea uh, where there's somebody who maybe. A little bit under pushed, or who not a lot of people are paying attention to, and the idea is like sort of like stock, like you want to buy low before they blow up. Um, and then on the flip side, this person is sort of you know high on the list there, and and you kind of want to get away from from them because they may go down. Hmm. And so um, I was thinking about this, and it's a little hard because I have a feeling. We may not do this every week. We may do it monthly instead because what happens is is a lot of the sell high guys are <laughs> WWE guys and you just don't want them to be sell high. You know, you don't want to repeat the same bit over and over and over. So maybe this is a little bit more of like a monthly one, but um because when I think of sell high, I immediately think of Seth Rollins and that is not because I don't like him. I actually really like him. Mm-hmm. I just think that He's a little bit in over his head, being in the role that he's in in WWE currently. Um, the stuff with him and him and Becky um, in social media is sort of interesting. Like I'm totally fine. They're living their, you know, they're living their their best life. And and uh, but his media work, I think, is really bad. He's trying to be that, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, the person that Vince can put in these 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 positions so that he represents the company. I think he's really bad at it. And, you know, for someone who is uh, as great a wrestler as he is, um, he has a lot of three-star matches. And that's <laughs> sort of based on, you know, it's a subjective thing, right? It's not everyone thinking that. It's my feelings, but... You know, I think when you are the top guy, um, you shouldn't have the, do the same match every time. Like, you know, there's there's got like when I watch him, I go, okay, I kind of know what I'm gonna get, and it you he usually just right there. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. What about you? I'm still in high on Kofi Kingston. That's another one that's probably Which gonna is bad because we're talking every about champions. Week. But yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I I I think Seth's you're 
poor Seth, man. I think he's doing all right. But and and I and I and again, I like him. So I know. it's 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 hard when you're critical of someone who you really like. I just like okay, cause actually, believe it or not, I watched actually majority of SmackDown, which is you know I just had you know nothing to watch, and I was like I'll I'll just stick with it for a while. The Kofi stuff came, you know, he came out, and I'm just like, man, I'm gonna get up, go do something, get my lunch ready for work. Like he just like has nothing that keeps me, you know, to stuck to my TV. Like I just think it's time. Is this is going too long? I say sell high, get out of there, and move on to, you know, someone else soon. You know, I don't mind Randy Orton winning the belt, honestly. I don't mind it either, but a lot of people are going to get mad. <laughs> that Why? Why get mad at a great wrestler winning a championship that knows to play the role as a heel? Great. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think he's fantastic, and I I think he'd be someone that uh, would be good to start off with, and for maybe Roman the beat or or uh, or give it back to Brian. Brian's been doing some great stuff. So. Mm-hmm. The the buy low one is a little interesting because again, I want to pick a WWE guy. Uh, because this King of the Ring tournament is like making me realize that they have so many good guys who they don't really do a lot with. Um, and I want to say Andrade, but I feel like they know what they have in him. They just will not like pull the trigger on him. Hopefully soon. What's <laughs> going to happen? Right? Because we, I mean, weeks you know, we're both high on him and I really love the guy. So I don't know if he's a necessarily buy low because he's kind of just there, like ready to, to kind of burst through. But if I can't pick Andrade, I, we had this argument on, um, not even an argument, but just a discussion in the fight, <laughs> fight, fight game podcast, um, Facebook group about show versus yo. Okay. And I think it's, I think Show is the the better wrestler. Like I think he's he's the better performer. Like he's his in ring. I just see more main event stuff with him. Yes. Sure, more main event money with him. But for whatever reason, I just love Yo. I I love him more. <laughs> and this could you know not saying this is a Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels thing. No, they're a great no. tag team. You know maybe they'll get to do more singles stuff. But I really love Yo, and we watched him live. And I, 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 nothing stopped me from my thought of, wow, you know, he may not be in ring what his partner is, but there's, he's got a little bit of an X factor to me and I, I would buy low on him. Oh man, I have two guys I really want to buy low. One's in New Japan and one's in WWE and... The one that's going to edge out the WWE guy will be for me, I think, because he's a young boy. And I think you got to buy low on, on Carl Fredericks. Yep. I think that kid's going to be a superstar because I know Carl, worked with Carl. Um, you know, he's a very confident kid. Not in a, a way that turns you off. It's just like he has that drive to be great, which a lot of the great athletes need to have to be great you know Bret Hart had that drive Ric Flair has a drive you know you can go down all the great wrestlers you know Shawn Michaels you can go down that list and they have that and that and Carl has that um so I'm I'm definitely buying low on him and I think he's definitely gonna get a return on my investment big time and the same thing with the one that's kind of like I almost picked him but I'm a little hesitant because you know is that sometimes WWE just sometimes they give a guy a moment and then they kind of just 
now he's back at you know opening main event is Buddy Murphy, and I really think they have some of him. I think the crowd is starting to really grab onto him. Uh, it's going to take a little more time. It's not going to take three weeks. So I'd, I'm hoping that Buddy Murphy just they just give it a few more months, mm-hmm. let him and have his big moment peak at a certain time. Like you know, a winner down Brian's pretty big enough, right? It's yep. Like he only talk guys, but it's kind of like wow, oh my gosh, big surprise. Yeah, it's like you usually build to something like yeah, that. Like yeah. that type of win usually means okay, now you're going somewhere. But I don't, I don't mind that to to like get people to like wh- turn their head, like whoa. Mm-hmm. And pay more attention to him. So I think that's a great. I, I, what they did there was great, and I, I, I hope, I'm hoping for him because I, I really like that guy. I liked him. I, you know what I like? You know what I at first really like said this guy's freaking pretty fucking good. Is when the team of Simon Gotch and Aiden English beat him and his uh, partner for the tag titles and won the takeovers. And like, dude, he was like bumping all over the place for those guys. I mean, he was like making that thing all work together. And he was in every he just was like, wow, that guy's talented. And all of a sudden, like he got hurt and then you didn't see him for a while. And I, I was always hearing that he was tearing it up on the Coconut Coconut Show uh, mm-hmm. tour main events. And then they I, I enjoyed what they did with him in two oh five. And, and, you know, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people didn't see it because on the pre-show, a lot of people don't watch the pre-show. I don't watch it. But, like, um, you know, he was having good matches there. So, I just, you know, I hope they, hope they, I hope people buy low on Buddy Murphy because I think, I think he has a good to get a return on their investment with that. Uh, Carl Frederick, I interviewed him, like, I don't know, three years ago mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we we've... He was uh, you. You've been booking him, and and had your eye on him, and I got to see him, and he was you know this was right before he started making his moves when we when we interviewed him. Yeah, I think I mean I, if I'm gonna predict anything for the Young Lions Cup coming up in September for New Japan, I I don't think he's gonna win it. I think he'll be the guy in the finals that loses to Umino, in my opinion. All right, so uh, a couple of quick boxing notes before we move on to our. 93 Raw review of the SummerSlam Spectacular. So last weekend, uh, Sergey Kovalev beat Anthony Yardy, or Anthony Yard, uh, on ESPN+. Plus. It was so cool being able to watch boxing at like noon on Saturday. Uh, it was in, for the show was from Russia. And uh, the Kovalev's win sets up a potential fight with Canelo Alvarez maybe in November. So he's kind of like the, he, he, he may have won the Canelo sweepstakes. We'll see. But um, the fight was so interesting because Kovalev is in the nearing the end of his prime, probably, but he's still so talented, uh, and he can beat most of the guys at that weight class. And Yardy was, and Yard was this just this like young, buffed out dude mm-hmm. with tons of athleticism. Doesn't really spar, so it's all. You know, just sort of instinct and doesn't really and spar. No, that was they. They kept saying that he doesn't really spar. He doesn't do a lot of rounds of sparring. God, that's that. That doesn't compute in my mind. Like, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me either. Yeah, wow. And uh, but it was just athleticism and instinct and just uh, toughness and power. And hmm. I, I I had Kovalev winning most of the rounds, but you know we got to like six, seven, eight around that period, and Yard was like like hanging in there and then all of a sudden you know he's rocking Kovalev 
and Buddy McGirt, who had cornered uh, the fighter from earlier this year who passed away, there was that mm-hmm. Twitter video going around where Buddy McGirt's telling him, like, please let me stop this fight, you know, and, and finally the, the guy let him stop it, and then he passed away later that, that night. But Buddy is telling Kovalev, like, if you keep getting hit, I'm stopping this thing. And Kovalev's winning the fight. Like, he's probably winning by, like, three or four rounds. Wow. And so then Kovalev's like, nope. He's like, he, he's he's close. Like, I, I, I he's tired. I'm, I, I got him. And then he he did. He finished him. He knocked him out, actually, I think in the 11th round with a, with a stiff jab because Yard was so tired. So, you know, when you see the fighters get tired, everything is, they're just trying to put everything into a punch. And, like, he was ready to, I think he's ready to throw a left hook. So he's, like, digging in for this <laughs> left hook, and he just leaves his face out there. Oh. Kovalev just sticks his left hand and jab, and then he knocks him out. This he is like my so new tired. favorite fighter, Yard. Yard. Like a, yo, Yard. Oh, gosh. I thought it was just Yard. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> Buffed out Yard. Yeah. like just like a, like a, a barbarian just movie a, from the 80s. Just a, Brit- a British black dude who's like buffed out like he looked like love this guy he looked like he was like from full force oh my gosh shit (laughs) no but not the hair seriously second full force uh (laughs) reference this week which is crazy for me um wait what was the first one uh at at work (laughs) at work this guy's company was like something force and i was like i was like 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 the rap group full force he's like holy shit man i haven't heard that in a long time and that's how kind of kind of you know that was pretty awesome anyways so Damn, this is great. I mean, just doesn't train, doesn't spar. Well, he trains, but he doesn't spar. Yeah, just, just a just, tough kid. God, I'm so mad I missed this fight. And like in the afternoon, it's so hard for me because you know the kids are running around. Yeah, and there's no way they're gonna be able to concentrate on a fight like this. But damn. Well, ESPN Plus this weekend, so Saturday, same same day as all as all out. My goodness. Um, is Lomachenko and Luke Campbell, like I mentioned, from the O2 Arena on ESPN Plus, but because it is in um, it is in London. The time difference, mm-hmm. so it, it's it's actually going to come on in the U.S. Uh, at least in, on the West Coast around two p.m. So nice. I'll get to watch that, and then we'll go right into All Out. <laughs> so it's perfect. And so it'll be on when I hit when I head over. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna watch this. But I mean, this is this is a uh, from a not. I wouldn't necessarily call it that like big fight feel because. You know the 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 there's there hasn't been a ton of promotion behind it. No trash talking. Just two highly skilled guys. Uh, Lomachenko is pound for pound the best guy going today. Campbell is um, he's he's got height and reach. May have some more power, but Lomachenko just sort of figures these guys out so quickly. So this is just another test for him. But you know, I, I can't pick against Lomachenko. I'm not going to pick against yeah. him until until he Campbell did look good in his last fight. I saw him and he was pretty impressive so yeah that's just shoot man i want to watch that too gosh this yeah is, so <clears throat> so just, just for, for just for for folks who were kind of wondering about the time and stuff so it is in the middle of the day but it's espn plus so even if you don't get to watch it live you can watch it uh whenever you get whose chance. yard is it well it wasn't his yard that night but well so the thing about the the connection to pro wrestling with yard is he is a gigantic rock fan <laughs> so his his music uh, when he walked down to the, the aisle, it started with the "If you smell a little." It's that that it, that was the beginning of his walkout. I would have been a huge fan of the Rocky Maivia thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but he he said if he won, he was gonna 
and he won the title. He was going to do the rock thing where he he goes in, into the corner and does the one arm and does the smell thing. He said that's what he was going to do. Ah, uh, that's what I, that's when he lost. Yeah. All right, so um, nothing UFC going on, <laughs> thankfully, but thankfully. they're. Uh, and nothing belt is the belt September seventh is coming up. Yeah, so that that'll be the next one. That that's out of San Jose, right? Yep, San Jose. So that's uh the the featherweight tournament and then uh Fedor. Is Fedor on that show? No, it's not Fedor. <laughs> Maybe not Fedor. No, oh, it's, right, Bader, it's, it's Bader, Bader Congo. Yeah, it's Bader right. Congo. Yeah, right. someone's fine. <laughs> um so uh so thankfully, you know, get a little bit of a break for, for the MMA stuff, but then pro wrestling just destroyed this weekend. Yeah, September's gonna be nuts as well. So. Uh, okay, so let's get to our reviews of 1993 Raw. This is not Raw, but it is filmed right after the last Raw that we reviewed, heading into SummerSlam. So much so that they didn't even take the Raw banners off of the uh, <laughs> the arena. They the, every, within the, the the all the camera shots have Raw banners, even though it's the SummerSlam spectacular. They have to keep going, man. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, so instead of Vince uh, and uh, and Heenan, mm-hmm. the announced team for this show was Jim Ross and Gorilla. So you get to hear Ross like just working his ass off the whole show with you know just the way that he the Ross that we miss the Ross. That I mean, we I miss. love Ross and I love like like Grumpy Grandpa Ross like <laughs> when he talks shit about stuff and then, you know like you know you know throw some jabs out there certain things entertains me but like i missed this ross with this energy yeah like that's the ross we, we, we'd always talk about and he was out there to prove something this ross yeah and he was making a lot of you know okay matches even better just by this call and then you know you got gorilla who's a, a nice when you hear his voice you just kind of just go back to yeah. kids right yeah but then i just laugh because he's always dogging <laughs> people for doing you know stuff and and uh i don't there's a lot of stuff that happened on the show is very, very weird. Like yeah. a, lot, a lot of the psychology matches is kind of funky, but and we'll get into that uh, later. But it, it's uh, this is an interesting show, really interesting, in a lot of ways. So the first match is uh, Yokozuna against Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and this is the rematch of that Superstars match where Yoko kind of leaves him laying and does the and does the um, the bonsai a couple different times and. It's you know it's just the USA versus Japan thing and mm-hmm. which uh, was really dated even back then when they were doing it. But um, so unless I'm wrong, Cornette does not come out with Yokozuna, no, right? No, no, he's uh, there for a promo later. So he's there for the promo later on. All, all the you know WWE has historically done these you know weekend shows before a pay per view, kind of as these pre pay per view shows. I never liked when any titles were on the line on these shows because I knew they were building these main events for the pay-per-view. Why would they change the title on this show? That's why I need to do one of those every once in a while to keep right. you on your toes. So I'm watching Yoko and Hacksaw, and I'm like, great, this is kind of cool. Yoko's a beast. Uh, but no way in hell you're going to sell me that Hacksaw has any chance to win this title. Well, I don't think the championship was online, was it? it was, well, this was an on-title. Oh, was it an on-title? But Sean had the title yeah, on Yeah, okay, Sean's title yeah. was online. Yeah, I, this is my issue with this match. The beginning. You have... <laughs> you had Jim Duggan attacking Yokozuna before the bell rang mm-hmm. while Yoko's back was turned. Yep. Right? Heel move. He grabs the two by four for no reason at all. You know, 
to clobber Yoko. The ref stops him, and then he gets hit. Like, he just looked like a total dumb, idiot. Dumb baby face is like the worst thing in the world. Like, I don't understand. what I. They should have had him come out, storm out of that locker room, you know, ready to kick Yoko's ass and goes right at him. They start brawling, brawling, brawling. And then maybe Fuji pops up or something like that. And then, you know, Duggan takes a swing at Fuji. Maybe he connects with on Fuji or Fuji ducks it. And then Yoko does that big chop to the throat. And then you start the heat there, you know, like, like, but why do you come out and look like a total goofball? And then why do you grab the two by four? You yeah, can't exactly. use it in the ring. Like, like you grab, like, if they're trying to sound like you're enraged and you want revenge, like they didn't pull it off. No. Like it just, it just was, was by the end of it, I was, I was like, I'm happy that Yokozuna won this match. Yeah, and I, and I liked how they booked. I mean, I liked how they booked the rest of it. Like with Yoko being extremely dominant, which he should have been. He only took that one big bump that they worked to, mm-hmm. the big clothesline, and uh, it was again, once again, clean with the bonsai, which was fantastic. And then uh, they do a promo after. Uh, uh, they were in like the locker room or in the back of the building. I like or it something. though. Yeah, it felt like a, you know it was definitely like a different vibe. Yeah, and it was cool. And, and it's Cornette, and Cornette does an amazing promo. He just for three minutes nonstop. Fuji's like, oh shit. <laughs> Fuji just smiling in the back. Yeah, yeah. But my hidden in the back because he can't get over Yoko's shoulder and Vince's shoulder. My favorite part is. Yoko's hair is out of the the bun, mm-hmm. and so he's sweating. The hair is down, and it's crazy. And he's making these mean faces, and I'm like, "That is the like scariest a, human yeah. being I've ever seen in my life." Yeah, it looked like a badass, you know. Uh, yeah, that I I remember, I remember that. You know, I was I, I remember that promo so well. Not just for what Cornet said or anything. It's just that look of Yoko, and like I remember the belt like looking like super like shiny with that lighting and stuff it was pretty cool so the next match was blake beverly against razor ramon and in during this match jim ross announced that aaron neville is gonna sing the national anthem at SummerSlam. his old friend his old friend aaron neville uh yeah this match was good I mean, it was good i liked it good you know uh like i always talk about mike enos you know really underrated talent and he he was there to fight yeah, that, that was like he made it look like they were fighting. Yeah, no, it was it was good and a nice, you know, give uh, Razor a nice a nice win leading to SummerSlam. Some footage of the Lex Express, which that great music I love. <laughs> I there was a little bit of Lex overkill on the show. I would have liked to see a live promo. Yeah, lots of backstage stuff and same with Pat me. video package stuff. Like they did the whole like. You know who's Lex Luger segment. Mm-hmm. I like the stuff with the Lex Express. Like I think he like you, you know when when Lex is not. I mean the cameras are there obviously, but like he looked comfortable mingling. I don't think he looked like you know he had the baby. He looked mm-hmm. natural. He was all excited and you know uh, showing his muscles and all that stuff with the kids. I, I he looked he looked comfortable there. It's the stuff with the sit down interview stuff is where he, he looked awkward. But yeah, you're right. Like where is he at for the big promo? You had Undertaker. Come out for now was you know, what we, the hell we, was we, that? We mentioned this the uh, the the live raws were actually doing really well ratings wise. Mm-hmm. Be, this the the um, the contract signing that they did did a really good rating. And they cut a hell of a promo. They, that whole segment was so good. And then you would think, okay, now let's figure out a way to recreate that before the show. And nope, they didn't even try. 
Um, so there was a segment with Jerry Lawler and uh, a pretty bad Elvis impersonator. I wonder who that who, was. I was. I was thinking. I was going to ask you. I don't know. We're, with the buddy Nick needs yeah, to chime in with Nick, that. Nick, hopefully Nick knows because like I wonder if he was from someone from Memphis. But he was good. <laughs> like he had like not like not like, good. You know, he knows he wasn't a good Elvis impersonator. Right. Yeah. But like he had a great role. line uh-huh. at the end. Like you know he'll be an imposter wrestler by the end of the match. Like I thought that was great. And then Brett fires back, doing an, a normal backstage promo. Fired up. Yeah. Pissed off. Going to do it for his parents. Yeah. And that was awesome. Yeah, I thought, I thought this segment was 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 really good, both and both with Jerry Lawler and Brett. Next match was Smoking Guns and Tatanka versus Brooklyn Brawler, Reno Riggins, and Barry Horowitz. And watching this match, I thought the Brawler, Riggins, and Horowitz should have been the six-man tag champs. They work so well together. <laughs> They're all good. That's yeah. why, you know. They're a good team. I like Riggins. Riggins was one of my favorite uh, job guys growing up, too. Like, he was always pretty pretty reliable, even though he almost got killed at Frankensteiner a couple, like a month or two ago. Or oh, much. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But you know, it's cool, because I remember, like, being excited because Horowitz and Riggins had the same kind of tights. Uh-huh. And they looked like a team. Yeah, they looked exactly. They looked like a great team. I think they team. were a team, like, like as uh, you know, on the... TV stuff, but uh, yeah, it was good. And why did Tatanka go over the flying crossbody? I don't know. That was weird. Yeah, uh, he stuck it though. <laughs> it looked good, but like, I like that. I like his uh, his uh, Samoan drop finisher. He, he always hits that nice and clean. And yeah, so you kind of mentioned this already. Uh, mean Gene invites the Undertaker down to ringside. Uh, I was, I, <laughs> I was right down the rules. <laughs> so, okay. So <laughs> I, um, I was on, I was at the gym and I was trying to get through this whole show while I was at the gym and I was probably, I probably had like five minutes extra. So like, oh, I wonder if I could make up the five minutes just by incrementally fast forwarding. I think I was able to make up almost a minute for Undertaker's walk down the ringside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always, I'm always a quick fast forward on the Undertaker entrance. So the Undertaker, instead of calling the former Elegante Giant Gonzalez, he keeps calling him the Giant Gonzalez. I don't know why. I never heard that before. And um, so, so, so the idea behind the the interview was they're going to explain the rules of this rest in peace match. And so Gene asked him, "So you know, what are the rules?" And Undertaker basically said. The match is over when I when I drive my fist into his carcass and pull out his organs. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, Klaus, remember? I'm like, what is the rule of this match? I forgot, and they, I know I forgot because it really didn't happen. Yeah, because he didn't really kill John Gonzalez on at SummerSlam '93. I'm gonna reach into your carcass. <laughs> it was like, I'm like, huh. And, yeah. it, and it was, it was, this was a bizarre segment, definitely. And then, like, and it just looked funny when he's like, "I don't have Paul Bear, I don't have my urn, but I have the support of the creatures of the night." I'm like, "Oh <laughs> gosh, Undertaker!" I know, I know, bad. Um, so more Lex Express stuff, and then we get the Shawn Michaels versus Bob Backlund match, and the story of this match was Shawn saw Bob as old school, old time. Old man. Old man. Sean didn't really have to work too hard to beat him. And then, of course, when you overlook somebody, then mm-hmm. Bob Backlund would make his comeback and hit a move. Um, Sean looked like, 
I don't want to say he was fat, but he was like he didn't have abs or anything. He was just he like gets puffy. Little, he gets a little puffy in 1993, and there's a funny. Remember, I don't remember back when DVDs were all the rage still, when WWE was releasing all these mm-hmm. DVDs. There was a one with the steel cage matches. has like Ron Garvey, Ric Flair from Starcade. And there's like, you know, the War Games I think is on there. And there's a match with Marty and Sean from this time period in 93. And Johnny Polo, you know, Scott Levy Raven is doing the <laughs> color commentary. Mm-hmm. And he goes with Gorilla. And he goes... Sean's looking a bit puffy out there. Like he just takes a <laughs> shot, and it was like, wow, you know, like, like pretty funny stuff. But yeah, and I noticed that too. He's been looking like that for a few weeks now. So. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's doing stuff like where he's putting on a hold, and he's like yawning, and mm-hmm. and he's not trying. And then uh, Bob hits this sweet atomic drop. Well, that's his, that's one of his big moves. <laughs> that was so sweet, uh, Diesel. Like it's a great bump. Yeah, Diesel kind of gets the ref's attention, and then Sean, what is it, like a small package, and he holds the tights or something? Yeah. <sighs> this was stupid, because, like, he grabs the tights, he, and I, I assume Backlund's trying to reverse out of it, but he can't. He's stuck, and finally Sean just rolls him up. It was really flat, and they're having a really good match, yeah. too. And it, and it, I think it, what it should have happened is that he should have, you know, Got the roll up with the tights. One, two, ref sees the tights. They breaks up the count. Sean is, the referee's reprimanding Sean. And, you know, Big Diesel jumps up in the apron. You know, Cole clocks uh, Bob from behind. And then Sean gets the win. I, I, I don't I think Bob would have been protected and fine with mm-hmm. that. Um, I thought also it was very interesting. Did you know Jim Ross called Diesel the six foot ten? Mm-hmm. Is it, I was wondering if he did that because Giant Gonzalez is eight feet tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah there was a lot of grabbing ass and tights on the show. <laughs> well, in the, in the 90s, that's what like they would do. Like, they just, you know, go back to the tight pulling. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it, all, and it just... Someone should have told Ted to get in the tanning booth without his underwear on this show or something. <laughs> like, I don't mind roll-ups and, and stuff like that for pinfalls. I think you need to do them. You need to educate the crowd on them. It's just sometimes they look really bad, especially that cradle when the guy's arms are... Like, there's no, like... There's no pressure over the shoulders, mm-hmm. and, and just and the guy has to sit there like an asshole, like can't kick out. It just looks stupid. So more of the Lex Luger interview. He was talking about being a role model, and mm-hmm. if you remember, Charles Barkley did the famous Nike commercial. Yeah. I am not was a this, role model. That was like ninety, right? Yeah, it was a few. This was a few years. So later. I, wanted, I, I felt like there's a sort of a little bit of a take on that, you know, in a way. But like Luger was saying, like, you know, his job though is. That you know, you should as an athlete, you should you know be mindful of who's watching yep. and, and and all that stuff. And you know, later on, we now know as wrestlers are like back then. And we we mentioned last week how you know they talked about anabolic steroids. Mm-hmm. How ballsy is this? Charges come on Vince like three months after this this pay per view. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of, probably not the smartest thing in the world. Uh, okay, so uh, there's an interview with Vince and Ludwig Borga, oddly in like the shot, like bad same, lighting and shadows, but same location where Yoko was. I know, but I didn't recognize the shadows like like I did on this one. Well, I think they had a a better shot. They had a wider shot with mm. the. Uh, but yeah, but I, I actually thought this was pretty pretty good. Then 
Dwayne Gill against Marty Jannetty. Quick match. Marty with the fist drop from the top, leading to his match uh, with did you with Borga? Did you notice like Marty kept looking the referee and waiting for get time calls? Mm-mm. So he kept like looking over like is it is it time to go home now? It's time to go home now. He, like and he kept he kept he looked over like three times, and all of a sudden and then and he hit a a sweet like. Move that's never been seen. I think only think on TV as much that kind of like uh, like a stunner blockbuster off the second rope, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I thought was that that looked pretty cool. Well, it looked cool, but it's also a really stupid move because isn't he just falling like he's been thrown on the top rope? You know when he hits that move. That's why I hate the. That's why I always hate the buff blockbuster. Mm-hmm. A lot of people love that move. That was stupid. Yeah, and uh, you know fish chop looked good, but it it wasn't like uh, Bailey calling arm drag. This week on, was it on SmackDown? No, I mean back then I, I you know back then even now I, I look for stuff, and they're pretty tight with stuff, you know. But um, you know what's funny? I was thinking about Dwayne Gill, like what what a life, you know? <laughs> like you just no, you just like you just don't know what can happen. Like, I mean, one day they're like, hey, let's fuck around with a Goldberg character, and who do we get? Who should we call? And it's like, what about you know the. Dwayne Gill and Gilbert. Yeah, a good and, last name. And then, like, it just, you know, it just like he's like right, right person, right mm-hmm. place, right time. So, SummerSlam report the only match that Mean Gene adds to the card that we haven't heard was the 1 2 3 kid versus IRS. I think it went like seven minutes. <laughs> I, just, I, remember, I, I remember that match. It's, it's, yeah. That card's interesting. I can't wait to review it next week. I know. Week. I can't wait to watch it. I've only seen it the one time. Really? Yeah. I, I saw it a few live times. and I haven't seen it since. Yeah. Um, okay. Now we get the Steiners versus Money, Inc. in the cage. This is the <laughs> one of the weirdest matches you'll ever see. It's almost like the wrestlers themselves don't really understand what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, that's what it looked like to me. Um, so you have uh, both, both teams in the cage at the same time. The door does not open in this match. It's only over the top. Yep. No pinfalls. So the idea is the team that gets both members over the top row, over the top of the cage and onto the floor wins. Mm-hmm. So what happens in this match is every time one of the wrestlers gets out, he then notices the other team's double teaming his guy and he walks right back in. It's happened like three or four times. So many times. And Gorilla Monsoon, of all people, is screaming at these guys, going like, when one of you guys starts going for the top, the other guy has to go too, or else you're going to get double teamed. Like, what are you guys doing? Don't be dumb. Like, he yeah. says this like a few yeah. different times. And so it's fr- it's a frustrating, frustrating but, watch. But the crowd is insanely into this match. It is hot as hell. So... um. Scotty hits as uh, Scotty Scotty's comes over comes back he, Scotty leaves the cage comes back over gets on top of the cage and hits IRS with the with a double axe handle from the top that did not look fun to jump from that high and just land on your feet yeah especially Scott like, like I feel like you could fifty two sixty yeah yeah point. yeah I mean it got a big reaction it was a, it was pretty it was cool looking and but like that landing was a little rough for sure. So every time, you know, this happens, you know, they're going for the cage and, uh, you know, the famous, the famous WWE blue cage, blue steel cage matches, Hogan Orndorff from Saturday Night Main Event, right? Like yeah. that's like the famous, famous one. And um, 
there's a there's a moment in this match where because Dogface Gremlin has uh he has the the headpiece on, the earmuffs or whatever, uh DiBiase grabs him by that and is able to pull him in. It reminded me of when Hogan and Orndorf the match and Jesse goes if Orndorf was bald, he'd be the WWF champion right now. <laughs> yeah, and then the tie too was the same thing. They used the tie on Irwin. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's also a funny moment where uh I think it was Scott had DiBiase in a suplex like DiBiase's hanging yep. from the outside into the ring. And Scott looked like they're gonna turn it into like a superplex from the second rope to the to the into the ring. And I think Dios says, "I fuck this shit. I mean, yeah, I don't feel comfortable. Let's not do it. Let's let's put you know." And they just kind of just drop and flop down. It's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. So finally, um, finally, we get to the end of this match. So DiBiase is out. Rick Steiner. It's funny because Gorilla Monsoon is keeps calling Rick Steiner. He doesn't call him the dog face gremlin. He just calls him the gremlin. Yeah, yeah. And is is Jim Ross the one who came up with the nickname of the dog face gremlin? I'm guessing he did because I remember I first heard it in '89. Mm-hmm. So it was just weird that Monsoon just kept calling him the gremlin. I was like, who's the gremlin? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know I caught that too. Like, gremlin. That's weird, but whatever. So, um, so. Irwin is trying to trying to get over the top. Scott is still in the ring. Rick Steiner's the smartest wrestler in the world. Definitely smarter than Jim Duggan. He goes underneath Irwin, and he basically makes it so that Irwin sits on his shoulders, and he thus can't get to the floor. And as he's doing this, Scotty has got to like race over the top of the cage to get to the floor. He does so in record time. Why he didn't do that? Throughout the whole match, I don't know, because he was very fast on yeah. this time. And they win the match because Rick holds IRS up, and he cannot I'll, get his feet to the floor. Yeah, the finish is great, and the visual of, like, DiBiase pounding on Rick to, like, drop IRS, and he's still holding on, so Scott can jump down, and it was great, and the crowd pops huge for it. It was, like, a really hot match, but, like, the the... In and out of the cage, and all I, I my went, all my memories of this match came back as I was watching it. I was like, "Oh my god!" I don't I was remember so, the back and forth. I was cage. so frustrated watching this match, going, "This match is so dumb. Like, why do they keep I doing this?" I remember them getting back in the cage. It's funny. The my favorite part too was when the first time they did it, they're like, "Does this void?" The, you know what I mean? It's kind of like like the four corners match mm-hmm. when you hit like one and two and the momentum breaks and now you got to start all over again. Like that's what that's what I think they were trying to say. Oh my gosh, I love this stuff. It's it, just it like, was definitely one of those moments where I thought I don't think anybody knows really what's going on here. Like they got explained the rules and what to do and the finish, and they said. Oh shit! What? Like, how do we? But they could have made. I don't understand why they could. Cause they could have teased it better. The teased eliminations better. Like they had a lot of a lot of at their at their hands. They do some really cool stuff. I wonder if TNA saw this match. So you know, it'd be a great idea. <laughs> we start on the floor and crawl. You know, you climb up the cage to get back into the room. Stupid. Uh, so that's gonna lead us to SummerSlam. So what we're gonna do yeah. is we will 
cover SummerSlam next on the next show. I I had thought about maybe splitting it into two, and you know maybe we'll we'll cover it over two shows. But I think it's just best to get it done, and then we'll we'll be back right right in sync with Raw. So our buddy uh, Nick McMood explained to us what was going on and why Raw was was not on. It wasn't because the dog show. It was because of the U.S. Open tennis tournament. Ah, and so that's why. They, that's why they uh, they replayed this show, and then they still had another two weeks off of Raw. It wasn't a special silk stocking <laughs> two hour movie. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what the what that would have done ratings wise though. Pretty good. I remember getting the commercials as a kid. I, I like, think if they mm, pro- man, if they watch this show, if they promised nipple, I think they they could have pulled a pretty high rating. Well, you know, I think it's ninety three, and uh, NYPD Blue had butt, so uh, they could have they could have <laughs> so pulled did, it off. So did this show. So did this match. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we saw yeah the, the moon over Poughkeepsie. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we are done here. We will be back hopefully this weekend after All Out. I think the goal is to record a quick post game show for All Out, and you know anything else that comes up that that we find out from any other shows that are going on. We'll we'll at least have results uh, of yeah, some of that stuff. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, the goal is to, to come back uh, this weekend, and hopefully uh, we'll have a nice little review of All Out and just talk about everything that happened this weekend. Um, if we cannot do that for whatever reason, we will do that on the following show. But I think we'll be able to do it. Yeah, me too. All right. So for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.